does I do I need to be adjusted a little bit on that Emily you want to check and see it's good to see you all virtually in my mind um, I know that uh, you're out there I've been watching your comments pop up uh, as we've been gathering here together this morning and just wanted to say hello I miss you it's good to know that uh, we're still connected by the power of technology and the power of the Holy Spirit so this morning um, we're gathering around God's Word again together. What a privilege that always is. Um, and today we're in the Gospel of John, John chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. So if you have a Bible there with you, open it up and follow along as I read. I'm reading from the Immerse book this morning. It's the New Living Translation. It's John chapter 11 verses 17 through 27. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. But Martha got word that Jesus was coming, so she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. This is God's word for us today, friends. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you have not left us alone to figure all this out on our own, but that you've given us your word. Help us now to hear your voice, your quiet voice whispering to each of our hearts what we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. You remember Calvin and Hobbes, one of my favorite comic strips? There's one uh, where Calvin's sitting in school, which was never his favorite place to be, and it shows him sitting there and um, his teacher standing in front of the class and she says, well, if there's no more questions, we will move on to the next chapter. And up goes Calvin's hand and he says, I have a question. She says, certainly Calvin, what is it? What's the point of human existence? <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher says, oh, I meant questions about the subject at hand. <laughs> oh, says Calvin. Frankly, I'd like to have this issue resolved before we move. I put before I expend any more energy on this subject. <laughs> He's right, isn't he? The point of human existence, having that resolved, that kind of takes precedence over everything else. You know, most of us have had a lot more time on our hands in the last few weeks to think about what the point of human existence is, to think about our lives. Even those who are busier than normal, because they're on the front lines keeping the rest of us safe and fed, 
the threat of the virus has made them face their own mortality too, just like the rest of us. It makes us think about what life really means and ask that question that wise little Calvin was asking, what is the point of human existence? When all this is over, as it eventually will be, eventually, what will still be important to us? What will be the things that we say we're going to carry these things into the future? And what will be the things we've decided, you know, in light of the big picture, these things weren't that important in my life anyway. I'm not going to bring those things into the future. Our priorities are shifting. And how great that the celebration of Easter happens in the middle of all of this. Because Easter is all about the meaning of life in the midst of death. Today's scripture passage that we read from John happens just before Easter, a few days before. But we're backtracking in the story from Easter where we were last week. We're backtracking to this part of the story because as we've gone through our Immerse reading series, um, we restarted one of the Gospels, the Gospel of John, right around Easter. So we started the story of Jesus over again from the beginning and we're coming up to Easter again in the Gospel of John. And so this week we come to the story of Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary, and this story of life and death, which seems to capture a lot of the same dynamics as our 2020 celebration of Easter in the midst of a global pandemic. Crisis, death, grieving, crying out to God for help. We even in the next few verses after what we, where we stopped reading the story, if you read a little bit farther, you see one of the most famous verses in the whole Bible, short but so important, Jesus wept. Jesus is grieving in the midst of this situation as well. People throughout the ages have held that reality dear, that God's heart is a heart of love and compassion, and that when God sees people he knows, loves grieving and suffering his heart grieves as well it's so good to know well spoiler alert if you haven't read to the end of this story Jesus calls Lazarus back from the dead he calls him out of his tomb and back to life but to go back a little bit in this story Mary and Martha were sisters were followers of Jesus and dear friends of his. As we read through the Gospels, we see Jesus at their house frequently, having meals, sharing their house with his, the rest of his disciples, having deep theological discussions with Mary and Martha. And, and here in John, we find out that Mary and Martha have a brother too, and his name is Lazarus. And he's died, and they've sent word, Mary and Martha, to Jesus to come and help. So Jesus arrives in the middle of a scene of grief. Lazarus's body has already been put in the tomb four days ago. Friends and family have gathered as is the normal scene. You can imagine it. You can imagine Mary and Martha's kitchen with every counter covered with casseroles and deli trays and brownies that people have brought in. And there are people apparently everywhere in the house who have come to grieve with them and sit with them and mourn with them. And in the middle of all that, someone comes in and says to Mary and Martha privately, Jesus has finally arrived. 
he's coming. Well, Mary stays in the house for the time being, but Martha, it says, goes out to meet him. I always imagine kind of like down the driveway and maybe around the corner a little bit where, where the whole crowd in, from the house can't really see them and come out and follow them. She has this moment to have a, a private conversation with Jesus. And they have this, this discussion that's both very personal and deeply theological. She says, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. That's a remarkable statement of faith, isn't it? Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And Martha thinks he's talking about the, the last resurrection that they all know about, that, that's taught in the scriptures. He's, she says, yes, I know, he will rise again when everyone else rises at the last day. And then Jesus tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. That's really the Easter message, isn't it? That, that Jesus conquered death. He is alive. Now, that's really good news for Jesus, isn't it? He didn't have to stay in the tomb. He was resurrected and brought back to life. It's good news for Jesus, but what about us? Last night we had the TV on and American Ninja Warrior was on TV. And if you've ever watched that show, there are people who can do amazing things like these giant obstacle courses and can hang from their fingers and jump up straight up walls. And those of you who know Joe and Olivia Sinatra from our congregation know that they have participated in this. It's amazing. Well, to sit there and watch it, it's exciting to watch and it's inspiring. Wow, look what humans can accomplish. But to be honest, it doesn't really change my fitness level. <laughs> I can step on the scale the next morning after watching uh, American Ninja Warrior and it will say the same thing. It doesn't affect my fitness at all. Is that what Easter does? Is the resurrection good news for Jesus? That hopefully will inspire me, but the next day my life will still be just the same. It won't change the scales of my life. Will the world still be the same? Well, here is the good news that the Christian faith proclaims. Jesus' resurrection did not just change his future, it changed reality for all people. 1 Corinthians 15, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, puts it this way. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, and then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. And then verse 24, after that the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father having destroyed every ruler and authority and power for Christ must reign until he humbles all enemies beneath his feet. 
And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Jesus' resurrection is personal to me, to all people. It means that in Christ, death does not need to have the last word. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The resurrection of Jesus is the beginning of the new creation in which we share already in the power of the Spirit. The good news is this, the minute you welcome Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, then the power of his presence comes to live within you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead comes and lives within us. Think of all the things you see as immovable stones in your life, your bitterness, your insecurity, your fear of the future, your fear of death. These things can be rolled away. The more you know Jesus, the more you grow into the power of his resurrection. So Jesus' resurrection is personal, but it's not just about each one of us personally. Jesus' resurrection sets in motion good news for the whole world. The fact that Jesus conquered death gives us the hope that we need to deal with the sadness and pain, not just of our own lives, but of this whole world. Jesus' resurrection means that God is making not just Kristen new, but God is making all things new. Wow. More than ever, we need that Easter hope, don't we? Bible scholar N.T. Wright says, the message of the resurrection is that this world matters. That the injustices and pains of this present world must now be addressed with the news that healing, justice, and love have won. Friends, we're living in a time of great pain in our world. We all know that. The message of the resurrection is that this world matters to God. He's not content to just leave us in our mess. He has physically intervened to make a way for our pain and brokenness in this world not to just have the last word. N.T. Wright goes on to say, Easter means that in a world where injustice, violence, and degradation are endemic, God is not prepared to tolerate such things, and that we will work and plan with all the energy of God to implement victory, the victory of Jesus over them all. I read a great question from Bible scholar Mary Erickson this week. What was Lazarus' second funeral like? Lazarus was brought back from the dead by Jesus that day. He walked out of that tomb, but of course eventually he died again, right? I wonder what his second funeral was like. His first funeral was full of tears and grief. His sisters Mary and Martha were inconsolable. But I have a feeling his second funeral was very different. Because between Lazarus' two burials, something important happened. Jesus stepped out of his own grave. Jesus conquered death. Wouldn't you have loved to be at Lazarus' second funeral? <laughs> I bet the air was full of the hope of the resurrection. People had seen Jesus dead 
and then alive again. They saw with their own eyes that he defeated death, that he is the resurrection and the life. Well, friends, we're still burying our dead, aren't we? We're still grieving the sin, sickness, and pain of this world. Funerals, when we get back to doing them finally, will still be marked with grief and tears. And of course, life itself is often painful. But the point of human existence is this. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Death has been swallowed up in victory. This week, may that give you hope. Hope for living and hope for sharing. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for that sure and certain hope, that rock that we stand on, the reality of resurrection and life in you. And Lord, we invite you once again to come into our lives and be in the driver's seat we give ourselves to you, heart, soul, mind, and strength again, maybe for the first time for some of us. We know we need you. We put our lives in your hands, and we are so grateful for your faithfulness. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been ending every week uh, while we've been doing this kind of uh, worship distance-wise with the doxology because that is kind of the song of praise that belongs to all the church. So would you join me as we praise God and sing the doxology together? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always. Go in peace, my friends. Done? We're done.